Hi, everybody. This is The Simpsons Show. I'm Robbie with my co-host, Matt, and we are here to talk about The Simpsons from the beginning. Matt, how are you? I'm fantastic, Robbie. I love thinking about Halloween in June because, well, I want it to be Halloween, but this is not the way I wanted to go about it. I was going to say, for those who have a problem with a scary episode in June, don't worry about it. Uh... <laughs> Nothing about this is scary at all. It's just Hollywood pastiches. There is not, Matt. That's there's not even there's. We're gonna. I don't even want to spend too much time talking about it. This episode is. is I literally texted you earlier. I was like, I think this episode removed years from my life. Like it is so boring. Um, I, I, I'm, I'm gonna struggle not to fall asleep while we record this episode, just talking about it. Hello, we are brought to you by our supporters on Patreon. You can support us by going to patreon.com slash The Simpsons Show. For only $2 a month, you gain access to all of our bonus content. For $5 a month, you gain access to that, plus all the episodes that have fallen off the main feed. We have someone to thank, Matthew. Ooh, thank goodness. Mark Rosetto. Thank you, Mark. Thank you, Mark. This week's episode is Treehouse of Horror 21, episode MABF 16. First problem with it, aired, originally aired November 7th, 2010. Treehouse of Horror episodes should never air in November, ever. I don't know... Do it before, always before, even if it's weeks before. <laughs> you do it before. It yeah, hits two no... weeks early is better than like the day after November first. Sorry, you're you're already out of spooky season. Spooky season's over. Now it's Thanksgiving season. Now it's time for you. I gotta focus on cooking a turkey for three for three or four weeks. Not I can't. I have to put spooky stuff out of my mind. I you know you overload yourself. You OD whatever. It doesn't matter. This episode is written by Joel H. Cohen, directed by Bob Aronson, received a 4.4 rating with 8 million viewers. The guest stars Daniel Radcliffe as Edmund and Hugh, Hugh Laurie as Roger. Um, they don't. Hugh Laurie gets more to do than Daniel Radcliffe does. Um, they're both fine actors. I'm sorry they are in this episode of The Simpsons. Yeah, if only they could have been in more er- earlier uh, Trials of Horrors. Less just recent. anything a, just better like just something okay uh we have a short proper intro to this episode no couch gag no no tombstone gags that we just get uh homer and bart carving pumpkins they have a cartoon fight that is interrupted by frank frank has a dvr remote so it's we get like this weird meta gag where frank is watching the simpsons uh he has he has problems with the remote ends up Getting to going through the entire show too fast and spoiling it. Then he uses the remote on himself, and I guess it's a magical remote. And Frank ages and then d- turns into a skeleton and then dust. And then Frankenstein shows up for some reason. Frank was making him, I guess. Okay. Matt, of all the things in this episode to be upset about? No, I'm not upset. I'm just pointing out where it's stupid. There's Matt. If you do that every time in this episode that you point out something stupid, we will. This episode will be four hours long. It's going to be ten times longer. Look, I'm just going to point it out at the beginning of each skit that this is all incredibly stupid and call it good. Okay. This it, it, we get it then uh, yes because then we get Frankenstein, but it's not just oh Frankenstein's here. You know, it, it's not like oh I'm we're going to do Frankenstein with the, the DVR bit now. No, instead we get Frankenstein's monster in the office with other movie monsters, the other universal monsters. What is this? What is that takes up time? I thank you, Matt. You can just say that every time I say what is this because I'm going to ask that question like (laughs) a hundred times. What is this? What an office parody? What is this? What like? 
Who's this for? Okay. Uh, we go to the first. Also, I want to say I was incredibly misled by all of these. Because uh, I, I should, I, you know, last week I just went, oh, it's we get a Jumanji, we get a Dead Calm, we get Twilight. Okay. The parodies of those things could be good. I, those things are interesting. I like, I don't even, Twilight, I don't like it, but it, it, a Simpsons parody of it could be interesting. But there's, there's nothing here. This is like, this, Matt, here, I'm, this is, I think I made this comparison before, but I'm going to do it again. This is like those really bad parody movies from the 2000s like the scary movies like yeah that's so true scary movie and then date movie like things those where they aren't parodies really they are just a collection of references a collection of really bad yeah really bad gags and references to things that are ephemeral and disappear in moments like those in one of those date movies or what or I think it was a scary movie two or three or something they did references to a to basketball commercials to and one commercials I think and you're like if you were alive then you go oh yeah I remember those commercials but what's the joke that's this whole episode like what is the joke here like yeah I know the office like that's what this is it feels like yeah I've seen the office where's the joke though. There is one. Our first, I, I, the, uh, yeah. There's, there's nothing here. There's, there's no jokes here. It's just, hey, what if Jumanji? But it was like all the other board games. Ha ha. That's it. Ha ha. Uh, this, yeah. We have our first. We have our first. Uh, I don't even know what to call it. It's not. A, it's not. A, it's not a story. There's barely a story to any of these. Uh, it's War and Pieces is the name of it. Uh, it is very loosely calling it a parody of Jumanji. That's very generous. The, maybe the like there is a game that comes alive, but all it does is make all the other games come alive. Bart and Milhouse are playing violent video games, making them violent in real life. So Marge wants them to play some board games that will calm them down, make them happy, still let them play games. So we have Bart and Milhouse deciding to play a board game. So which of these bored lames shall we play? Taffyland? Drops and Risers? Consternation? Ravenous Ravenous Rhinos? Mouse Catch? Battle Boat? Phenopoly? Crate of Apes? Yatsu? Tiddlywonks? Hey, I've never seen this one before. <sighs> Satan's Path? Hey, it's gotta be good if Satan put his name on it. Huh? Here, I'll be the demon, you be the thimble. Oh, I'm always the thimble. I don't... Okay, so here, let me get you the question early. Did you laugh at anything in this episode? Not even a little bit. Nothing was funny. I rolled my eyes over and over and over again, and that was it. I the, There's two lines in this where I go, hmm. They got, I got a couple hmms, and then like they, there's the Satan wouldn't put his name on something bad, and I'm always the thimble. That, you know, that's... I go, hmm, Okay. Like, those are fun little throwaway lines. They are not really... They're not jokes, though. Um, And they never... And I'm like... Again, I've never seen these episodes, Matt. I really try and have... Like, I have hope. That's probably the problem. I have hope that... Oh, they're going to do something fun with this. Satan's Path. Are we... So we're getting a Satan's Path. Like, they're going to, like, have to fight through hell. Like, a board game hell to win. Like, Jumanji. Jumanji is... They fight through jungle stuff because it's a jungle board game. Mm-hmm. 
But Satan's Path, they start, all it does is take all the other board games, all these knockoff games, which they, Tiddlywonks, Yatsu, that's the best we got? I mean, yeah, basically. Okay. Uh, uh, it just. Okay. Okay. All right. We, we actually get a long montage in this of just how incredibly dumb this all is. Like there is, yeah, the, the, the largest portion of this episode is this section right here where we are just in it. The board games come to life and it's not just Bart and Millhouse. I think is it because the, we see the rest of the town in there. I assume they also get sucked in. Um, and they just become parts of board games. And it literally looks like someone just wrote down what all these games and thought, like, how do we make, do a fun thing with it? So like Yatsu, Yatsu is just the townspeople are become a dice or become dies. And you're like, what's the Rod and Todd get trapped in like a, uh, what's that? The, I forget the name of the actual Pick game. Up sticks Pick up sticks. Yeah, whatever it's, it doesn't matter. Again, it's just, incredibly lame gags in like, you know, just everyone getting trapped in a board game, but it's, and it's like, Oh, they're in battleship, but we can't call it battleship because we didn't clear anything with Hasbro or something. I don't know. They don't, they don't use literally no, aside from like old card games. Cause they use crazy eights in, in, in this at one point. Um, here, here's a taste of that, of all of this, uh, cause you should not watch this episode. Please don't watch it. If you haven't already, do not. This is a not. This is one of those Transvaras you just throw in, in the trash can. And you never think about it again. Because this is a taste. This is Homer in the Shoots and Ladders board. Oh, God. Oh, man. I'm never coming down. Ah! Another ladder. Riding high. Sinking low. Top of the heap. Up down I go. I'm top for good. Oh, cruel hubris. And that's one of the better ones. It is, unfortunately. That's, that's one of the better. And like, I would say like, oh, they, you could have a lot of fun with this. You know, if you make some board, like reference board game things, but do them in the context of real people getting the, the you know, feeling the consequences. Like they do it with, uh, with Wiggum. He gets, he gets, they're playing chess and he gets killed by a, a, a rook or something right or night night it's a night the, the, the horse and you're like okay that's like you can get that's how you would bring war, real world horror into it in fact matt this even reminds me a little bit of did you ever watch are you afraid of the dark uh yes a little bit just a few episodes i, I was when I, I was just a little bit scared of it i was the perfect age for it you're probably just a little too old um i was i'm slightly younger than you and it probably was just enough for me to go still get scared by some of it. And there's a certain yeah. there's an episode where uh, a girl gets trapped in a pinball machine. Um, oh, I remember that one. It was good. That's it's very good. It's very, at least at the time. I mean, I haven't watched it as an adult, but it scared me as a child. And I think that like you could like that concept of like you take childish things but make them suddenly very scary and, and dangerous. You can obviously make that work as our story. And like, I don't need these, I don't need any series of our episode to actually like terrify me, but I do want it to be ominous. I want it to be creepy. This is not creepy. This is just stupid. Just from beginning to end, it's just a collection, a montage of lame gags. There's no layers to any of it. And you could say that about all of these stories. There's never any development. There's never any tension. The, literally, the, there's a, 
cutaway in this episode where they go, how do we stop this? And you're like, that should be the, why isn't that already established? Why is it until a minute from the end of the, of this, of this vignette, they go, Oh, how do we get out of this? And you're like, that's what you should establish that early. So you have, you give the audience some guidance, whatever. So many board game jokes, they finally, Milhouse and Bart, go out to sea playing Battleship or whatever their dumb name for it is. Um, they Their battleship is sunk and Milhouse decides to just randomly kill himself. Uh, you're also going to hear the only, I think the only thing in this entire vignette that I actually enjoyed, and that is Marge in Clue. Colonel Ketchup, I say it was you that killed him in the parlor with the letter opener. He was going to leave me, and I'm too old to find anyone else. Mm. Come on, man, climb up. No, I might sink the letter, and Q is just too valuable. That blank can be any letter we want. Maybe I'm just tired of living. I like... uh, Okay, I like Marge and Clue. It lasts 10 seconds. Um, I would see that's like, why not do an entire clue thing? Why, why, like, you could easily, that could be really easily terrifying. You, yeah, that could have been this whole bit, quite frankly. Oh, clue comes alive and it's a murder mystery, but it's real and people die. Great. And yeah, like, but that you get five seconds of it and it's over. And then Millhouse just dies randomly. He just says, I don't want to live anymore and lets himself drown. And what is this reference to Titanic? Is that what this is? Yes, absolutely. Okay. It's terrible, Matt. Um, So to when you have to finish the game, but they don't, but the game is just all of these games. They never play Satan's path. We never get back to that. And it feels very much like fireworks factory to me. I'm like, where's the fireworks factory? We never get <laughs> when are we there. We get to the rest of the game. When are we going to get to Satan's path? We don't play Satan's path. Now Bart is playing Mousetrap, uh, which yes, Mousetrap was a bad game. It is not such a bad game that you can make jokes about it for a minute and expect me to laugh. Um, Maybe the maybe the when they were writing this episode, they all ever you know all these people are parents and they had to play these terrible games with their children. Maybe that's why. Um, but this is in 2010. There was very hel- like that's the other thing, Matt. I just like this episode feels feels like it was written in 1975. This is yet at least it feels like it was written in 1975 because it references things like tiddlywinks and crazy eights and. By the year 2010, I was, I was playing, you know, more boutique, boutique board games. They existed by then. And so this is just more of that grandpa jokes. Like, oh, Monopoly. I'm like, I don't, yeah, Monopoly's boring. It's not really a joke, though. You don't make a joke about, like, okay. That's just saying it. Okay. I'm going to stop. Calm down. It's okay, Robbie. It's okay. It's okay. Bart wins. Wins the game. And everything goes back to normal, except except Matt, we get uh, oh we get a joke. Uh, the the stinger at the end of this vignette is we can all we can still play hangman, and then it cuts to them getting hung, and it's like Satan's path. The magic of Satan's path is the reason the games come alive. Why are they getting hung in the in a western town? Like it doesn't. It's just it's just randomness. It's it's worse than Family Guy even. Like there's not even like a reason yeah. that this is happening. They're just going, ah, oh, it's a reference, so we did it. And you're like, okay, okay. We got commercial, seven minutes. 
And when we come back, I have never heard of this movie, but what'd you call it? Something Dead Calm? Something Dead Calm. Yes, that's the actual name of the movie, Matt, is Something Dead Calm. <laughs> Thank you, Robbie. It's Dead Calm, yes. It's it's a fine thriller. It is a fine thriller, okay? It's not the best thriller, but it has Sam Neill in it. I love Sam Neill. Sam Neill's amazing in everything, so it, that makes it worth watching. I'll have to go find it now. Has Sam Neill and, and Billy Zane and Nicole Kidman. Okay. Well, there. I mean, I'm definitely gonna have to watch it then. It's it's a it's worth a watch. It it has it's a little corny, uh, it's a little unre- unrealistic, but that's fine. It's a thriller. It's fine. It has three. It like basically only has three. It has literally, I think, only the three actors are in the movie. I don't think anyone else is in the movie. I love movies that do that. I love movies that have this incredibly small cast and stick to it. Um, this, unfortunately, Matt, please do not take this. Parody, parody <laughs> in sneer quotes as a judgment on Dead Calm. This doesn't even resemble Dead Calm. It's nothing like Dead Calm at all. There's like literally almost nothing. It's, it happens that there's boats involved. Mm-hmm. Okay, well, we'll try and get through it quickly because only two things really happen in this entire bit. So, for some reason, Marger and Homer are on a big fancy boat. Uh, I, I'd call it a yacht. Would you call it a yacht, Robbie? It's a small yacht, very small yacht, but yeah. It's a small yacht, yes. It, it, it's not like Jeff Bezos or, uh, you know, Steve Ballmer kind of yacht or Paul Allen kind of yacht, but it, it's a yacht. Uh, they're apparently on their second honeymoon uh, out in the middle of the ocean where somehow Homer gets cell service, uh, enough so that he can not take Lenny's call when they need him. Uh, and then a random guy shows up in a rowboat just powering as hard as he can to get away from something. We then spend... 30 seconds maybe 45 seconds while homer takes the little hook on the end of a pole and tries to uh get the guy into the boat the guy's conscious there's no reason for this it's just like hey wouldn't it be funny if that hook they use on fish we use on a person that's a joke matt get it it's a joke yeah uh-huh so homer is immediately jealous of this and because the guy is super ripped uh he's got like washboard abs and looks handsome and has hugh laurie's voice so obviously homer is going to be jealous of him uh but when he sells he tells his story uh homer gets even more suspicious my name's roger i was the chef on the albatross working for a businessman taking his partners to tahiti one night He asked for pie for dessert. As the pie cooled innocently on a porthole sill, my employer attempted to inject it with poison, but I caught him in the act. Unfortunately, he had the strength of ten businessmen. He sent me napwood with a bottle of low-sodium soy sauce. Poor man, you've been through so much. Hey, I've had a hard trip, too. One of the lenses fell out of my sunglasses. Huh. Oh, Roger, you really know what you're doing. (gasps) No luck. Anyway, when I came to, everyone on board was dead. I fled the horrific scene. And after days at sea, I found my savior. You, Marge. And in a very insignificant way, you, Homer. God, it was horrible. Marge, can I have a word with you in private? I don't trust that guy. I bet he killed everyone on that boat himself. That's crazy talk. Excuse me. But you've both been so kind to me. I baked you this pie. That is so sweet. Why do pie makers get all the girls? Oh, boy. So... 
Obviously, Homer is suspicious of this guy. He has been involved in a weird situation, and you don't know whether some stranger you just pulled off a rowboat in the middle of the ocean is telling the truth. Totally understandable. So Homer throws the pie overboard and then sees a shark who has eaten it die. That is enough for now Marge to be incredibly suspicious as well. Okay, I'm a, I just wanted... I'm going to explain why Dead Calm works as a thriller. Okay? This, why the original mm-hmm. story works as a thriller. Because it, the setup is very similar. You have... You have Nicole Kidman's character and Sam Neill. They're a married couple. They are on a boat together. They encounter a man uh, who he the you know a man who is uh, the, the only survivor, effectively, right from a, a sinking ship. And the, but there is no there's no like sense of jealousy or there's like that's not a plot point. The, the Sam Neill character and the Nicole Kidman character, they are a married couple and they love each other. They are both like both confused and slightly suspicious of this man and his and the circumstances surrounding him. The Sam Neill character goes off to, to the sinking the sinking ship to try and stop it from sinking. He is a Navy officer, so he has experience with boats. He tries to go. To, he goes to the sinking ship because he's heard, "Oh, there might be people on board who are alive. I need to stop the sink from sh- the sink from the, the ship from sinking." leaving this new man and the Nicole Kidman character, ostensibly the Marge character, alone together on the boat. And over a short amount of time, it the Marge, the, the Nicole Kidman character, quickly realizes this man is deranged and dangerous. And so she has to play a cat and mouse game where she has to try and keep him at ease. And there's a lot of like tense moments with the dialogue and stuff. And, and Nicole Kidman character has to kind of like find situations trying to disarm him and keep him from being full of rage and try and kill her. She's very vulnerable. That's where all the drama comes from. The conflict and the drama is not if this man is dangerous. They know he's dangerous. It's the conflict and the drama and the tension is all, how do I stay alive until my husband gets back? Or can I get to my husband so that together we can stop this there's this man. Can I try? Can I try and stop him by, by myself? It's like that, you know. It's like any good thriller. And this uh, this parody like immediately goes. H- Homer's jealous of him, and then it's there's pies. There are pies indeed. Okay. There's no tension in this at all. There's for a thr- Like I I I think we say this a lot, Matt. I just want to reiterate: if you're parodying something that's a thriller, you still have to have tension. There still has to be like tense and tension and conflict and drama, even if you're parroting it. It doesn't just give you an excuse to throw it all out the window and have a lot of cartoon gags. But that is exactly what they right. Do. It's like you need to have something that makes it somewhat like oh, at least you need to go that they are intending for tension along with laughs. Uh, but but there's nothing here. It's it's over too quickly. Is the problem? Yeah, there's not much. There's not much much of anything in this. There really isn't. Okay, so. Uh, now that uh, Homer has gotten Marge on board too with the dead shark, uh, Mo- Marge and Homer uh, trick and kill Roger. Uh, they get him out on deck and they swing the you know the the yard arm the the part that sticks out perpendicular to the mast. Anyway, uh, they basically hit Roger in the head with that, get him overboard. Uh, but then, then almost immediately after that, they find the boat from his story. It's exactly like he said with the dead people at the table and everything, even the low sodium soy sauce. But dun dun dun, twist time. 
Well, if it isn't my saviors. Hey, hey pal, how you been? Don't you pal me? Why did you try to kill me? The pie you baked us killed that shark! The pie was clean. The shark died from the fuel leaking out of your boat. It... Oh, yeah. Oops. Oh, goody. The monkey got a hold of a spear gun. <laughs> Why did you do that? We had to kill him. Or he'd tell people we tried to kill him. What the devil's going on here? You're alive? Yes. I suspected our host would poison us, so I gave everyone an antidote before dinner. Looks like you've got a flair for avoiding death. Come on. Just a second. Go! 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 Oh! Bankers away! I repeat, no one will ever know. We'll know. Marge, what are you doing? That pie is poisoned! I can't live with the guilt. <gasps> She just wanted to ride bikes through New England, but those seats hurt my ass. <laughs> and that is the end of this incredibly bad quote parody unquote. Yeah, I I'll just I'll use this one example, Matt, and then we can move on. Marge, you know, they Homer kills a bunch of people. It, none of this makes sense. It's all very stupid. Um and it doesn't parody dead calm at all. Whatever. And then he does it in very like punny, like there's punny names, like he like he uses an anchor to kill two people. He uses you know like, and then he says an anchor pun as he's doing it. Like they're trying to make jokes here. I'm trying, it's not funny, but they're trying in that way. The tone is very silly and very like slapstick and cartoony, right? Very zany. Like literally, a shark dies by eating a pie in this in this vignette in this segment. So. It, it's not serious, but Marge commits suicide because she can't live with the guilt. And but in the, her last words are, "I can't live with the guilt." <laughs> it's not mm-hmm. a. There's not a. Jo- she doesn't say a joke. Like you don't need rocket science to know why she's doing it, guys. Uh, she literally pre- says it before she eats the pie. She's like, "But we would know." And then she eats the pie. And then this is this is the part of the segment where you guys would write a really funny joke. You would write something really... F- Marge's last words would be a joke here. A gag. If you're going to be silly, be silly. But instead they go, oh, I can't live with the guilt. I'm like, why is this serious now? Why, why is this serious? And it's not I even... And, and, then, tell, yeah. and the problem is, Matt, this is even real. This, like, this is like... It, it doesn't even make sense because we're showing that this is Maggie imagining this in the bathtub. Why? Uh, no idea. This is the one that actually makes the least sense out of all three. Because one, it's obviously a Twilight parody that's coming up. One is supposedly a Jumanji parody, but this one is just bad. It doesn't... It be, it wants to be like four different things, and it's not any of them. And then Maggie... Mm-hmm. The, to, to depend on this. So Ma- it, we, we cut out, and it's Maggie in the bathtub imagining this. And then she does like a Clockwork Orange thing. Like Alex, the character from Clockwork Orange. And you're like, yeah. It, it feels very much like, oh, you know Clockwork Orange, right? 
I mean, yeah, I've seen Clockwork Orange. Then, do we need? Why is Maggie okay? You gotta say the words, man. And that's the end of Act Two. Thank God. Thank God. We come back at fourteen minutes and thirty seconds, and this is Tween Light. Except it's not like Twilight at all, Matt. It is almost unrecognizable as something that is supposed to be parodying Twilight. There's t- Twilight is the easiest target in the entire world. I could I could write a Twilight parody in my sleep. But this, like, remember that they make a joke, which I think it's Trials of Horror 4. They make a joke, you know, it's the, the, the night gallery parody and Bart's walking past the paintings. And he gets yeah. and he gets to the dog painting, and he's like, "The story that we have for this is too terrifying for television, so we just cooked up something with some vampires, or we threw something together with some vampires." And here we go. And then that's Bart Simpson's Dracula, which is actually really good. This is actually feel like we just threw something together with vampires. Like there's nothing. This is just hey gags around vampires. Like that's all we we just wrote down a list of jokes, quote unquote jokes about vampires, and then we threw made a, a weird. It's like it's barely Twilight. Um, so there's a new kid at school. He's it's this is the character. This is Edmund played by Dan Radcliffe. Um, he's he's all the girls love him. He's he's cute, I guess. Uh, cute kid. Um, and Lisa is about to be uh, crushed by a school bus driven by Otto, but Edmund rushes in using his vampire powers and stops the school bus. They have a series of gags about him using his vampire powers directly in front of Lisa. Uh, She's a moron and doesn't recognize anything weird about any of this. Uh, They leave school. And this is where Lisa finally realizes that Edmund is a vampire. And then we get, strangely, a dinner scene with her Edmund the her fa- this the rest of the Simpsons and Edmund's dad. <gasps> You're a vampire. I should be scared, but I'm not. Let us move between the trees the way a bat does by jumping. <laughs> Lisa's falling for a vampire. That makes me so angry. I feel the change coming. <laughs> Edmund's almost here, so please, nobody be themselves. I know, I know. Don't serve garlic. Don't stab your guest in the heart with a wooden stake. Don't ask him if he knows Frankenstein. It's racist somehow. Sorry, my dad insisted on coming. Dad, I don't need a chaperone. I'm 400 years old. You live in my crypt. You play by my rules. You're tearing me apart. He didn't even say the line right. <laughs> that is what I, I, I official. It's official. That is what infuriated me the most about this episode. There's a lot, obviously, but it was right there. <sighs> tearing me apart, Lisa. It's right there. Exactly. Exactly. It's right there. I mean, I don't. I don't know why it's referencing the room. I'm I'm guessing this is probably just it happened to be the time when the writing staff was aware of the room existed, and so they wanted to reference it. Is my guess. Uh, it does. There's it's contextless. It makes no sense in this particular segment. Um, why is Dracula here, man? What does this have to do 
with Twilight. There are vampires, obviously, and and now that it's it's tween light instead of Twilight, and instead of Edward being looking like a nineteen year old or whatever, uh, he has to look like a little kid. So therefore, he needs a dad. And what's a Dracula dad? Oh, that's obvious. All right, what's a vampire dad? That's obviously Dracula. Did you, were you in the writing room? Did they did, was that literally the stream of consciousness they came up with? They're like, oh, well, he's doubt it. he's a kid, so he needs a dad. What's a good a Dracula as a dad? We'll just write a bunch of jokes as Dracula as a dad. That's the rest of this episode now, because that's what it is. There's no more Twilight in this after this. This is just Homer. This is just Dracula as a dad. Those are like, oh, let's write some j- dad jokes, but for Dracula. And you're like, what is this? What is this? It, what it is is extraordinarily boring. I will. I will also add that I do not want to like inject any interest or like this is bland and boring. And you want to you roll your eyes a bunch. There's a joke about Millhouse being a wear poodle. Like this is the that level. was the closest thing that was to actually funny because it was like, oh, this met my expectations. Uh, I did not. Uh, this is my the one I hated the most of all of these. Man. Uh, if uh, I'll just be very clear, I hated this one more than the other two. Um, wow. This is so we had Dracula and Lisa and Edmund basically end up running away together. I don't know why. There's nothing keeping them apart, really. Also, I would also like to add, Matt, in this segment, they have dinner, right? And, you know, we have a scene where the dads are embarrassing the kids. And it's like it's very much like this is very sitcom replacement level humor. This good stuff. This scene could be in like step by step, right? Not much. You yeah. don't have to change. You take out the the vampire stuff. This is just step by step. Uh, very kind of boring, standard teen sitcom stuff. But they're eating Flanders. Flanders, his body, is on the table. Yeah, Horror rips off one of his legs. What's the gag? Oh. What is this? Again, what is this? Um... So they run away together. There's no, there's no plot here. Like the, this becomes the plot of oh, Homer and Dracula have to go find Lisa and Edmund. And, but I don't, I don't even like. Oh, Lisa, they want Lisa wants to be a vampire, and oh, so the, Homer doesn't want her to become a vampire. I guess, even though he's, it doesn't make any sense. It doesn't matter. Like again, they're just like this is very loosely connected scenes and gags. Like they went, Oh, we need more vampire gags. So we have Homer and Dracula going out together uh, to try and find the the two kids. They run into uh, not Sesame street into not the count. Excuse me. Have you seen these kids? I did. And they were sneaking kisses. One kiss. Two kisses. Ah, ah, ah. Three kisses. There they are. Super team. Die. Go. Oh, I'm Dracula, not the Hulk. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, this is real dumb, Robbie. Yeah, it counts the vampire. You know, you know, he's a Sesame Street, but he, and he kills, he's killed, he sucks, uh, he's sucking the blood out of Big Bird. You see that, Matt? Mm hmm. Mm hmm. So, you know, that's a joke, quote unquote. That's yeah. as close as it comes. Sub Family Guy. This is what, that's why I'll say this again. Sub Family Guy jokes, where it's just like not even Barris connection to humor. So we get a lot of vampires jokes, and this is the same thing where it's like in the board game thing in the War and Pieces, you get all these like randomly connected gags about board games, like a, go, a joke about Battleship, a joke about Yahtzee, a joke about Crazy Eights, and then in this, it's just like loosely connected gags about vampires. That's it. Like it's just this is like worse than dead and loving it. Like it is just 
just nothing here. Um, they finally find the kids, Homer and Dracula, together, and they're in a bell tower. And Dracula wants Edmund to turn Lisa, and Lisa's for it until she realizes she's going to be eight forever. And so Homer sacrifices himself, I guess, so that Lisa can be saved. Well, nobody loves its kids more than me. Come and get it. Die, fatso. Oh, his blood, it's full of cholesterol. And that's a good kind. Uh, Dad, they turned you into a vampire. Yes, I can fly. See you back at the house. No! Thank goodness it's over. That's all I got. Yeah, the, the last... its I think it's fitting, but the last joke in this episode is Homer turns into a fat bat. Uh-huh. And then falls. And that's the... That is the gag. That's the level of jokes we're getting. And we're like, uh, we're going to make... He's a vampire, but you know how Homer's fat? Overweight. So he's an overweight bat. So he can't fly. Even though that's not really how vampires work, really. It's not... I don't... Do people think that when vampires are flying, they're like like flapping wings or something? Like I, when you like you, you like watch a like you watch a vampire movie and the vampire in human form is flying. Why do you think they do that? How do you think they're doing that, Robbie? Why are you asking questions of this incredibly stupid? I'm I'm. It's a fair point, Matt. You're you're right to stop me. Uh, this episode, this all three are bad. Uh, I can't. There's no winner among any of them. Uh, it's bland and boring. There's no jokes. Uh, any amount of creativity in it I uh, is quickly swallowed up by a, in a sea of mediocrity and blandness and cardboard. Uh, we will write these segments at the end of the show. Can a treehouse of horror be broken? No, it can't, Matt. I, I mean, like, if it could be, this one is absolutely broken. Um, it There's just... I like... It's really easy. I like it's the th- see that I think that's the the thing that is so frustrating about Trials of Horrors, especially really bad Trials of Horrors, are they are short little bite sized adventures into these other worlds, and ideally they're they're a little bit scary, a little bit creepy. And when I pitch, oh, they're do when you read just last week, I went, oh, it's Jumanji, oh, it's Dead Calm, oh, it's Twilight. I immediately go. Oh, that's what it'll look like, right? I have an idea. I'm like, oh, a Jumanji parody. That'd be a lot of fun. Like, again, you have the kids play a board game. It turns, it comes alive, and they have to deal with it. Um, you bring in, like, why isn't, why don't you have, it doesn't have to be a jungle, but you could do straight up just Jumanji in a jungle and have, why, Groundskeeper Willie is the is the Robin Williams character. Easily. He is, he's hairy, and yeah, he, yeah. he's scary. Like, he comes out from, like, you have like you you can do just a straight up Jumanji. You can make it a different. You can make it a Simpsons themed board game. You like you could do a crusty board game that comes to life, like a cursed crusty game. Like the the world is your oyster. There is so much to do, and they do the most boring version of it. Dead calm. There is no ounce of it being a thriller. There's barely an ounce of it that recognize it like as dead calm. It's just a weird gag. Of, like, isn't. This, I, I, before you mentioned anything, I had never heard of Deadcom, so there you go. 
I mean, Dicom is a, it's a relatively unknown thriller from the nineties. Like the most notable thing about it is Nicole Kidman's in it, but not very many people know about it. But it doesn't it doesn't it doesn't represent it at all. Like it has it's on the boat. It's in boats. There's water. Like there's a guy. They worry that he might have killed people, but there's no tension. There's no drama. And Tweenlight is pathetic. Like Tweenlight is literally if you ask my dad to write a vampire like a joke. Like this is what literally my dad is not a comedy writer. Uh, like there's no my dad works in construction. This is what you get. That's not good. Yeah, I'm not going to say you can't. I mean, you can fix them very easily. That's the thing. You can fix these. Like, you just do what you would expect it to do. <laughs> like, it, it, watching this is also, it is baffling. Like, these are professional comedy writers. Like, did, how, how did it get here? I don't know. Uh, it's not broken, Matt, because they can't be broken. But if it was, if it could be broken, it would be. If, does that answer your question? Yes, it does. Uh, okay, good. Excellent. We can move on to our next segment. It's time for comments from the news group. Okay, here we are. Alt.nerd.obsessive. Comments News Group is where I ask our patrons over there on patreon.com slash The Simpson Show for their thoughts and feelings about an episode. They leave them, they watch, they watch along with us, suffer with us, and leave their review. I appreciate all y'all do. This first from Derek. This was the worst Trails of Horror yet. They have all but given up on the horror element, so what's the point? Just make these one of those awful three-segment episodes held loosely together by some theme. As per usual, everything is bland and boring, but irritating at the same time, Al Jean's special blended work. I mean, it's just a load of nothing with weird out-of-place references in place of actual jokes. An offers reference for no reason? Laugh? A reference to The Room in a Twilight parody? Funny? The only thing approaching something that could have been made an interesting segment was the middle one, but instead that wasn't just an exercise in everyone expositing the whole time, and then it was over. Maximum yawns. Yeah, I'm inclined to agree. Five Zs. Five out of five Zs. This is a good episode to fall asleep to. Uh, from Tim, I thought all three were decent enough. The games come to life. Short was cute, and I'll rank it as the median. The Trails of Our Median, number 32. The Eulory Mystery at least kept me guessing, number 26. The Twilight Parody didn't do much for me, but then again, that's not up my alley, number 38. You're more generous than I am, so way more generous. Uh, from JJ, this was pretty weak. Trails of Horror, definitely not as good as last season. The first and third segments were just exercises and squeezing in as many unfunny references to board games slash famous vampires as possible, with no attempt to make either of them scary or interesting. Middle segment was a little better, but I wish it leaned more into psychological horror than just having Homer kill everyone in wacky ways. I also have to credit the one quote that made me laugh: "How ironic a cross being used to kill someone." I get it. I'm not going to laugh, though. Nope. Maybe it's just been beaten out of me. That's not fair, because I've laughed at very... Our, it's a couple episodes ago I laughed. Finally, from Dara. Season 21's Chairs of Horror was my favorite episode of the season. Gave me a lot of hope for this episode. I now regret my foolish optimism. Hard pass. <laughs> Edit. I did like the Office-themed opening. At least somebody did. You like the Office, correct, man? I did, Yes. For the you, most part. You don't like it anymore? <laughs> I I did not like the first few seasons of Steve Carell. Uh, his character was just awful, but then they kind of backed off on his horribleness in the later seasons, and it made it better. I'm just saying you are the target audience for this. Yeah, mm-hmm. There you go. That's the, the reaction. Uh, thank you all for watching and leaving reviews. You can join our Cavalcade Calamity or Parade of Pain by subscribing to our Patreon at any level. Even $1 a month, you can leave your thoughts and feelings about these terrible episodes. I'll read them on the air. Next up, it's time once again for our listener question of the week. Let's try one more number. 
<gasps> Yellow. KBBL is going to give me something stupid. Well, hot dog, we have a wiener. Yellow. Our listener question of the week this week is, what is your favorite sports moment from the show? Lots of great answers. Matt, take it away. All right. First up from Andy, Dead Putting Society. It's nice to see the competitive side of the dads come out, especially in Ned. Plus, Omar has one of my favorite quotes from the entire series. Come on, Bart. Remember what Vince Lombardi said. If you lose, you're out of the family. <laughs> that is accurate to Homer. Uh, from Derek, Lisa on ice. I couldn't give a crap about ice hockey, and yet I'm so invested in the kids' final match. The show closes in a wonderfully emotional way, which is not what you'd expect from a sports episode. And, of course, classic Simpsons love to have their cake and eat it, too. Unlike Seinfeld, there's sometimes... There sometimes is hugging and learning, but they undercut any schmaltz by having the kids skate off together with Alf Clausen's out-of-place sweet music playing amid all the violence and burning. Hilarious, sweet, smart. This sports episode has it all. Mm. Uh, from Bradley, hi, Matt and Robbie. Love the show. I'll be responding a lot more soon since most will choose Lisa on Ice to be unique. I'll choose one of the later seasons. 22 for 30 is a surprisingly good later season episode. And my favorite part of it is the documentary layout. It was something they could have easily screwed up, not to mention Joe Montana's stellar voice work. We haven't gotten to that one yet, have we? Nope. Two for 30? Okay. Well, I look forward to it then. Uh, from Dara, I want to go with Homer at the bat again, but I'll branch out and go with Maggie getting a perfect game in bowling. The hug between her and Homer, along with Homer punching the 300 balloon, is a cute moment that lives rent-free in my brain. Plus, as a candle-pin bowler, it adds to my theory that 10-pin bowling is too easy. Oh, man, Dara, if you think 10-pin bowling is too easy, you have never seen me bowl. Whoo, boy. I can only imagine any a bowling that's harder than that. Uh, from Tim, I generally support Lisa's feminism, but I also like that she gets called out for going too far in Bardstar. That's right, a girl wants to play football. That's great, Lisa. You can join Sherry and Terry. S- suddenly, Lisa isn't so interested. It's like, oh, well, Lisa uh, wants to break the barrier. The, ba- the barrier's already been broken, then she's going to move on to break some other barriers. Uh, from Aaron, I might be too late, but had to once again give Lisa on ice all its glory. My only wish is that Lisa would have had a better possible outcome. If she had made the save, the game still would have ended in a riot-inducing tie. If it had been made 10 years later, that would have been a shootout, which would have raised the stakes. Oh, interesting. I didn't know peewee hockey had shootouts, but apparently. I mean, professional hockey does. I have no idea if peewee hockey... (laughs) I would presume peewee hockey would be even more likely to have ties because they don't want kids... I don't. Who knows? And they want no one gets to feel bad about losing, which what they should be feeling is, hey, it's a game. No one cares whether you win or lose. I mean, the problem is, Matt, there are people that really desperately care. Ugh, they're the worst kind of people. If you care about a kid <laughs> winning a peewee hockey game, you are the worst kind of person. Worst kind. Worse than Hitler. Mm-hmm. I mean, right there with them. Yeah, because okay. it's a kid's game. I, no one I cares. Appreciate, I appreciate your commit your commitment to it, Matt. I appreciate it. Mm-hmm. All right. Next up uh, from at J Scott. 1028 homer at the bat the entire episode but if i had to narrow it to one spot mattingly trim those sideburns still better than steinbrenner uh from matt d jacobson i love the hug at the end of lisa on ice that moment is quintessential simpsons honorable mention to dance and homer while not a phenomenal episode it's still one i remember fondly it would take over the mid-teens 20 seasons oh man uh david yes i would 100 percent agree like that it's in my short list of best uh you know sports episodes uh just because it's miles better than what we're getting now oh boy uh, from that friend of the show at the Andrew blog, six simple words. Great game, Lise. Great game, Bart. Honorable mention to Lisa winning the Nobel Prize for kickboxing. <laughs> yeah, hopefully before uh, Lisa gets that old, they uh, implement the Nobel Prize for kickboxing. That's sad we've had to go without it for so long. Uh, from at Wastecast, Lisa on Ice is about the closest I've been to liking a sport. Such a perfect episode. Uh, from at Brave New, every soccer coach, player, and fan exactly knows that feeling. That's where uh, in the attached a picture of Bart's uh, uh, in the in the rain after the soccer 
practice. Uh, oh, yeah, yeah. Uh, and then finally from Brian, when Ozzy Smith falls into the Springfield mystery spot, never to be seen again. Or in Tennis the Menace, when I block out its existence. Oh, for real, Brian, for real. What episode Robbie, is what is your response? Tennis the Menace, is that a real episode? Uh, I mean, it sounds like it could be a Simpsons episode. I don't remember anything like that. I don't remember anything like that. My answer is really hard, man. Really, really hard. I, I think I'm gonna just I'm gonna I'm gonna use a I'm gonna choose a dark horse. I think, and I'm gonna choose Whitey. Okay. I'm gonna choose uh, Whitey Whackers. I'm gonna, oh, I'm gonna choose Whitey Whackers. Um, because it makes me laugh literally every time. A man being pelted with pretzels. I don't know, but I get. I think that's the thing. Like, it just and that's just an example of like you want examples of like a true Simpsons joke. That Whitey Whackers is a perfect example of one because it's not just oh, there's a man being pelted by pretzels, right? It that's not that's not the only joke, right? Like there's. There's layers of, like, within 10 seconds or 15 seconds, you have, like, this setup of Marge bringing her pretzels to the baseball game because, oh, I'm excited. I have this big um, this big opportunity to sell my pretzels. And then you get, oh, no, she, they're throwing the pretzels. Oh, no. And then you see, then you have Whitey Ford come out to try and stop. And, okay, that's, and then you get another cut. Whitey getting pelted by the pretzels face down. And then a Homer, then you get Homer's, Oh, you could call them whitey lacquers. Like this, him trying to provide some kind of positive spin on it. And it's it's like six things, right? All of those things in a row that lead to that kind of laugh. It's not just one thing. And that's, when you look at episodes like this, there's just nothing. It's, there's not even one thing. And there's not one joke in this episode that is even close to whitey lacquers. Uh, what's your answer, Matt? So I really appreciate Lisa on ice and I almost went with dead putting society, but I'm going to actually go with uh, Saturdays of thunder. Uh, I mean, if, if NASCAR counts as a sport, so does box car, a uh, soapbox car racing. Uh, and I really appreciate the Bart Homer stuff in this episode. This is one of those episodes where Homer is actually trying to be a good father. And we haven't gotten a good one of those in almost a decade's worth of shows. Now they're just not great, but this is actually really interesting. And we can forgive the Bill Cosby stuff, I suppose. No one knew at the time, Matt. Exactly. Uh, no one knew. Um, at least, I mean, no one in, at least I certainly didn't know. Also, how old were we when that episode came out? Yeah. Uh, I, I, uh, we, if anyone. Maybe high school. I, Matt, you were not in high school when Saturdays of Thunder came out. What season was that? Saturdays of Thunder is like a season two. Oh, it's, it's, oh, it's, it's third season. For some reason, I always think of that as it coming much. I was like a seven or eight. Uh, in which I would have been like end of middle school, early high school. But yeah, you're right. That's season three. I would have been no middle school. <laughs> yeah, I was seven. Like, I, I, what do I know about Bill Cosby when I'm seven? I'm like, yeah, it's the same thing. We're like, uh, okay, I'm not even gonna get into it. He's a monster. I think we everyone agrees now. The important part, except for I guess Dave Chappelle. Uh, strangely enough, Dave's like, no, we gotta still let's talk about Bill Cosby. I'm like, he's a monster, Dave. Just deal with it. Um. Sorry, you're the, one of your heroes is a monster. We've all had. We, you have to have a, a moment where you realize that sometimes that happens. Um, racing is a sport. Requires a lot of uh, endurance and and quick thinking and uh, hand eye coordination, and intelligent choices, and a lot of athleticism. Those don't have power. Those cars don't have power steering. Um, you have to. It, no, it's very hard to do um, for hours at a time, and it's very dangerous. 
next week's question. What is your what is the scariest moment in a Trezvar episode? Scariest. Ooh, that's gonna be a tough one. Scariest moment. Not your favorite. Not the best. The scariest moment to you in a Trezvar episode. I'll post this question on our social media, Twitter at Simpsons Show Pod. Uh, you can email us at Simpsons at gmail.com. And finally, you can answer our questions on answer these questions on Patreon, patreon.com slash the Simpsons Show. I reiterate, you do not have to support us to answer the questions on Patreon. You simply have to be a Patreon member, which is free. Um, we can move on to our next segment. It's time for the new Google Trivia Challenge. I am too smart. I am too smart. S-M-R-T. I mean S-M-A-R-R-T. The No Google Trivia Challenge is for Matt and I each challenge each other with three trivia questions. One easy, one medium, and one hard and try and stump the other. I have a three-point lead on, on Matt so far this season. I think I've decided officially, Matt, we're going to get – we're getting a trivia belt. We're getting a championship belt. Oh, we're Lord. Gonna, we're gonna, we, uh, we have to. We live in the same town again. We can have ceremonies. We can wear the belt around. <gasps> it's very important. There. Very important. Um, you ready for an easy question? I'm ready. Your easy question. Let's see if you can pick up the theme on this, Matt. Because I didn't go with a single episode this time. I went with okay. mul- multiple episodes. Your first question. Your easy question. What is Lisa's explanation for the adult's behavior in grandpa versus sexual inadequacy? Her sarcastic one? Yes, Matt. Okay. Uh, maybe they're all reverse vampires and have to get home before uh, uh, night. That's correct. You're, you I, right. Again, you're overthinking. Yes, that's her answer. Apparently. All right. Your easy question. In Treehouse of Horror. Oh, God. <laughs> I forgot to type it. In Bart Simpson's Dracula. Okay. Who ends up being the head vampire? Monty Burns. Oh, is this a, oh, is this a trick? This. Is this a, you're trying to trick me. Uh-huh. I mean, do they actually say? I know the whole family ends they up being vampires. I don't know if they do. I don't see. That's the problem. Matt. They all say they're like the head vampires by the end of that. Isn't it grandpa then? No, 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 no. Marge. Like it is Marge. Thank you. Robbie. I don't think th- <laughs> See says, that you're the head vampire. Well, I do have a life outside of this house, you know, see, but see, I always took that as a joke, Matt. I didn't ever necessarily think that Marge is actually the head vampire. I think she is absolutely the head vampire. And all that is literally just like a lost boys reference. And I don't. Yeah. To be fair, Mr. Like that is the uh, we're gonna go back and retroactively re review Trails of Horror five or four. Um, I don't like the ending of it really. I I think the the Money Burn story is good enough. You don't need to append like this weird like oh everyone's a vampire thing. Um, you're meaning I'm just getting more critical as I age. You're meaning question, Matt. What is the name of Otto's idea for a comic book in Three Men and a comic book? Oh, man. I can picture the cover, but I can't actually... Uh, does he say it? I don't think he says it, no. Okay. But I figured it's very, um, it's very iconic. Yeah, I, I don't know. Apocalypse Dude? <laughs> I'm, I'm going to write that down. Time to... I need to work <laughs> on my next comic ideas. Apocalypse Dude. Um, No, it is Bus Man. Bus man, of course. That makes way more sense. And he fights uh, vampires in a post-apocalypse. Man. Yeah, that's true. See, true. the problem is now I, I'm right. questioning if that should have been my art question. Mm. Yeah. Um, All right, your medium question. What is the final rating of Treehouse of Horror 8, according to the Fox sensor? Treehouse of Horror 8. I'm going to say TV666. Oh, my God, I hate you so much. 
Yes. Uh, uh, I have to make these a lot harder. Jeez. How many? What is? What, which question is that, man? How many points? That's the medium question. That's the medium question. Okay. I mean, it's very. I. I. I guess it, that's a little slightly newer. We. We only watched it what five years ago. Mm-hmm. I do remember the. I remember that very, very, very strongly. And TV six six six. That's pretty good, honestly. Like that's that's like, a pretty good joke. Yeah, that's a pretty good joke. All right, your hard question, Matt. And this is I'm afraid of that you might know this, and I should have given this should have been the medium question. Okay, in Bart Simpson's Dracula, in Trails of Horror, four. What is the name of Mr. Burns' book, and who wrote the for- who wrote the foreword? Okay, uh, the book is. Um, hmm. It is Matthew. I I know, I know, I know. It's yes, I am a vampire, but I have no clue who the foreword is by. Is it like God? It's, it's somebody stupid. Um, Richard Nixon. <laughs> That's pretty good. Yes, I'm a vampire by Monty by Monty Burns. Foreword by Steve by by Richard Nixon. That's pretty good. No, it's Steve Allen. Oh dang! They made a. That was the era where they made a hundred Steve Allen jokes. Yeah. Oh. Now the question is, how many points do I give you? Do I give you any points? I feel like one point is appropriate for that. Okay, I'll give you a point. Yeah. I mean, it's basically a pity point at that point. But I got half the question right, so half the question gets you one and a half rounded down to one point. Oh, is that? Yeah, I'm glad you have a system because I don't. I what, do. I what's, do. What's my right. question? Speaking of the system, oh, God, I don't know. <laughs> All right. Uh, in desperately seeking Zena, mm-hmm. name three of the people comic book guy has preserved on his wall. Uh, sorry. Well, I that. Who who is on the wall? You get one point for every two people you get correct. There are seven <laughs> of them. Oh my God. Um, does Zena count as one? She does, yep. So that's okay. one. Okay, Xena. Xena slash Lucy Lawless. Lucy Lawless. Um Adam West. I don't like I don't know. I'm not confident in any of these past Lucy Lawless. So uh they're just random guesses. Um I'll say Adam West. It seems like an iconic thing. He's collecting. I know he collect is like, you know, nerd celebrity people. William Shatner. I'll say Shatner's in there. Um Mark Hamill. Oh god almighty. I'm trying to think of the time period too, um, like a Radioactive Man, Rainier Wolfcastle. I don't know if they did any actual Simpsons references in that, or if it was just actual celebrities. I'll say Rainier Wolfcastle because they wouldn't use Arnold. Um, how many guesses is that? That's five. I, I believe so. Five guesses. I'll guess two more just to round it out. Um, I'll, I'll bring in a new Batman too. So George Clooney as Batman, and new Batman at the time, and. We'll do. Oh God, I'm trying to think of like old nerd references. Like I did the Star Trek, Star Wars, Adam West. I'm out of it, Matt. My brain isn't working today anyway, so that's all I got. Okay, uh, you got Lucy Lawless, um, oh, and I, I I don't believe any others. Oh uh, good, I, I may Excellent. have missed one because you were mumbling. No, I didn't. I don't. Um, you no, know, Matt, I didn't mumble any good answers. So okay, okay. What are the actual uh, so answers? So the other ones are Tom Baker slash Doctor Who. That one you got to be more specific on. Uh, Matt Groening, Bob Denver slash Gilligan, Leonard Nimoy as Spock, mm-hmm. Robbie the Robot, Jerry Ryan as Seven of Nine, and then, of course, Lucy Lawless as Zena. So, 
Uh, Sorry, Robbie. I mean, I was on the right track. You know, there's a Star Trek character. There's two Star Trek characters. I didn't really think about the Seven of Nine Voyager. Um, but to be fair, Jerry Ryan would be the one that the a creepy nerd would keep. Um, the Tom Baker. That's a. I guess he's the most iconic of the pre-reboot Doctor Who with the scarf and all. He's the one everyone recognizes. That's fine, Matt. It's fine. You know, it's fine. I still got up another point on you today. That's all that matters. That's all that matters. Lengthen, and I have four-point lead on you. Apparently, I'm going to have to make things a lot harder on you. I mean, I feel like sometimes you try and do that, and you end up hurting yourself. Yeah, that's true. Usually, it's like, you know, like, it's those are the ones, those are the questions that I get right you don't expect, because something's wrong with my brain, and I hold on to weird things. Um but that does it for us for trivia today. We can move on to our last segment, the segment we end every single episode with. It's time for best episode ever. Best episode ever. Best episode ever is the part of the show where Matt and I rank the episodes categorically. So we watch them chronologically, eventually compiling a list of every episode ever and how good they are. Um, Trey has some horror rankings. Who boy. Uh, these are all bad. Um, yeah, they're all going real close to the bottom. They're all gonna go, yeah. They are. I like. I have forgotten most of. The, like, I'm trying to remember. Let's. Uh, so, let's start at the top. War and pieces. So there's hex in the city. Now, which one? I'm trying to not have to remember all these. Hex and the city is the. Unfortunately, I have to search hex in the city. Simpsons. If I actually want to get it, that's the one with the. The, the Suzanne the Witch and the Leprechaun. Uh-huh. Oh, that's really bad. Okay. I'm trying to just get a sense of the bottom of the list at this point. Um, Ghost Dad. And there's Untitled. What's Untitled Robot Parody? I Is that Transformers? Don't... Yeah, that's un- the Transformers thing. I think, right? Yeah, that's the Transformers one. Oh, that's... Wow, yeah, that one is real stupid. I would put this directly. Mrs. Simpson. I would put this directly above Untitled. Ro- I would put War and Pieces right above Untitled Robot Parody. Yeah, because I would much rather watch that Mr. and Mrs. Simpson again, even if it's kind of stupid. It is kind of stupid. That's the territory we're in. That like all these are very dumb. Um, so War and Pieces. Unfortunately, War and Pieces is the one I probably like the most of these three. Yeah, the rest are all going below it. I, I'm Master and Cadaver. I is just joy a joyless slog. Um, I think it belongs in the. It's not the worst on the list. It's not worse than Hex in the City. I think no, it's not I, quite that. It's, I think it's below Untitled Robot Parody, above Ghost Dad. What is Ghost Dad again? Is that where Homer becomes a ghost and has to eat the premise of the broccoli? If you're being too specific, you're right in that first part, Matt. I don't remember. The specifics of Ghost Dad. I hate the title. I'll tell you that. Um, yeah, yeah. It's it's the broccoli one. Oh, that is real. But uh, I think this is better than that. Yeah, probably not much yeah, better. Right, but I think right. it is better. But I don't. I think I'd rather have the. There's some fun to be found in the Transformers parody. Not a lot, but something. This is just so boring, so dull. Uh, so nonsensical, like it's a mystery that has no mystery. Like I just, I, I can't find my. Okay, so here's the, the one I hate the most, Tween Light. Ooh, yeah, that one's real. Stupid. This is gonna be a competitor for the worst. Um, is worse than Ghost to Dad. I'll tell you that. 
It's yeah. full of just the lamest vampire jokes. That's all this is. It's just super lame vampire jokes. Um, four beheadings and a funeral. Which one is that again? Uh, it's the one where Homer is uh, the, uh, Jack the Ripper. I think that I would rather watch that than this. Oof. Yeah, that's... Yeah, I think you're right. I think this is better. This is worse than that. No, it's okay. The, it's a, the test. It's a battle for the worst. Hex in the city or this? Uh, God, I would probably rather watch Hex in the city than this, but it is real close. Mm, I don't know. I don't I think this is worse than Hex in the City, though. That's what I was saying, is okay. I would rather watch that again than this. Okay, right. Then, yeah, I think this is the worst. It, it's just, like, I'm looking back at Hex in the City, it's like, it's really bad, but I think it, again, has more life than this thing. This is so bland and so mailed in. It feels, it's so boring. I'm just, you're just waiting for it to be over. You're just, and, like, there's no Twilight in it. There's, like, we're, like, that's the thing, like, Twilight was so iconic and so popular. Like it had seized the zeitgeist for a short moment of time that everyone knew about it, right? You didn't even have to watch Twilight. You knew about it. You knew about all the the tropes it it indulged in. You knew all that stuff. And despite that fact, it was still very popular. And it felt like such an easy thing to do, such an easy layup to mess with, to make fun of all those tropes. They don't even make a sparkly vampire joke in this. Not even all. Like, that's the easiest joke to take, and I would have been upset with that, but it's somehow worse. That, well, I mean, they don't do anything. That's the thing. There's just nothing here. They don't even try. There's no Twilight in this. Like, I know what Twilight's about, and because it gets so absurd, it feels like an easy thing to parody, but they just make it about Dracula and Homer. Like, literally, one of the last jokes in this episode is them sucking Homer's blood, and they die from cholesterol. And it is that is the lamest joke. I cannot believe it. It's like an it like I would think that'd be an anti joke. Like them trying to make fun of themselves at some point. Tween Light is our new. So here we go. War and Peace. All three of these are near the bottom. They're in the bottom ten. War and Peace is number fifty seven. We have Master and Cadaver at number fifty nine. And finally, a new last place in our Transformer rankings. Tween Light number sixty three. Worst yet. Worst Transformer ever. I think in fact, I think I can we can say that I think definitively Matt this is the worst oh, Transformer sure. we've we've watched so far. Um, I certainly hope we never watch a Transformer that is as bad as this ever again. Um, it's I'm not necessarily <laughs> not necessarily sure that's going to happen, but I hope so. Um, uh, we will not be shooting this out of the canon because it's already not a part of the canon. However, we do have to answer the same question about another episode on the list, so it's time. For, uh, for that same question, Matt, do we shoot an episode out of the cannon? The cannon! The cannon! The cannon! The cannon! The cannon! So, we're working our way down the list. We are at number 139, which is Itchy and Scratchy the movie. Uh, we're, we're, uh, absolutely, we're, that deserves to be in there. It does. I, I, I agree with you 100%, man. Bart grows up to be Supreme, Supreme Court Justice. Are we... Are we uh, are we signed up for that future? Uh, absolutely. I mean, that's probably one of the best looking futures we've seen. <laughs> See, that's the that is a problem Matt, that if that the a future in which Bart Simpson is a Supreme Court justice is like a good future for us. It's good. It's a good yeah, right. That's a good path. And I don't. Hmm. So yeah, it's of course it's nice. It's Shane Scratchy. The movie is really good. Um, it's a good Bart 
slash Homer episode. Um, our next episode, Matt. Next week is Lisa Simpson. This isn't your life. Oh, interesting. Okay, so obviously Lisa sees. I want to say this is like Lisa sees an alternate future or something. No, Lisa discovers that Marge was a high achieving honor roll student, um, but she ended up a homemaker because of Homer. Oh, interesting. So, and Lisa wants to avoid that or something. I don't remember. Goes to a private school. I have no idea. Um, We'll see. Maybe it'll be good. It's a Lisa episode. Those are generally pretty good. Uh, Be careful when you say things like that. Okay, fair. I hope it's good. Uh, That is the most I'm going to do. Say it's hope. I'm going to keep hoping. Keep hope alive. That's next time. Uh, you can find us listed at our website, simpsonshow.com. Includes links to everything. Our Twitter, our RSS feed, a link to our Patreon if you want to help out the show. Support the show. Get a lot of the best deal in podcasting. Uh, go sign up there. It's early in the month. It's the best time to do it. Um, though it doesn't really matter when you do it in the month. I guess unless you got to... I mean, don't do it on the last day of the month. It's probably a thing to do. But um, I think my brain just stopped working that right in the middle of that sentence. Um, you can find me online on, at my name. My name is Robbie Dorman and everywhere on every social media. That's who I am. You'll find me if you search my name. Uh, my website is RobbieDorman.com. It has links to all of my stuff. My horror novels, my newest novels, War on Humanity, the sequel to War on Halloween. It is out effectively. Uh, the day after this comes out, the night, basically the next morning, the book will be released. So it's out. You should go buy it. Go read it. Go read War on Halloween and War on Humanity. I, I think they're really good once you punch. Uh, both really fun reads. Uh, and I think, honestly, War on Humanity is probably my most accessible book yet. Um, I think it can. It has broad appeal, as they say. But I encourage you to go check it out. Appreciate everyone who does, who has pre-ordered the book. Um, I love you all. Matt does not participate in social media. You will not find him. Uh, that is accurate. I spend all my time taking care of the currently, I believe we're up to 11 cats in my house. Uh, only three of which are babies, but uh, they take a lot of time because it turns out babies don't like to eat. Those of you who have human children probably understand this as well, but they're they not fans of eating. You kind of have to force them. If you'd like to see this adorableness, you can check out Kitten Turns on Instagram, K-I-T-T-I-N-T-E-R-N-S, and just see the absolute uh, exhaustion-inducingness, acuteness of uh, the adorable kittens. With that, we will call it a day. I'm Robbie. I'm Matt. He watches it. Shh.